to reflect back a second over the year that is just about to end. Think about the things you did, how you filled your days. Think about where you went, who you spent your time with. I mean, we're on day 363 of 365. There's hardly any time left to the year. And I bet you, no matter how you filled your days, no matter how many people you saw, I bet you you spent a bunch of your time waiting. Waiting for something, waiting for someone. Maybe you were waiting for someone to get ready because you got running out together. Maybe you were waiting for someone to do something that they promised they were going to do for you. Maybe you're waiting for the mail, waiting for that check to come in the mail. Maybe you were waiting for God. How did you do in those times of waiting? Were you like the psalmist who says, I waited patiently? Or were you impatient? And were you waiting patiently, especially when you're waiting for God to do those things that you wanted God to do, those things you were praying about, asking about? It's like, come on, God, what's taking so long? Were you waiting patiently? You know, an important part of today's passage from the psalmist is the portion about that comes right after the bit about having to wait. The passage says, the Lord inclined to me and heard my cry. <laughs> that inclined to me is, think about uh, when, you're, when someone's talking to you and you really can't hear them too well and you kind of lean over a little bit closer to them to hear better. God leans over to hear us when we speak to God, when we pray to God. We're just thinking in the moment of, how do I deal with this time? How do I deal with this waiting? God is leaning over to hear your request, to hear your need. God inclines God's self to us, to each one of us. I find that absolutely amazing. And in this passage, the psalmist tells us what happens after he has been waiting. But first we need to wonder, hmm, was there a point in which this psalmist got impatient? Is that what got them into that desolate pit or that miry bog? Were they not waiting for God's instructions? Did they think they were just going to charge ahead? And the next thing they know, their boots are stuck. And once they got into the bog, they knew that the only thing they could do was, oh, I should have waited for God. Now I need to wait because I'm stuck here. For a bog is like quicksand. The more you struggle on your own, the more you'll have a tendency to sink. I remember the years we would work at the farm, the Christmas tree farm, and one year we had a really, really wet, wet early spring. And you would walk around the fields and you would kind of leave, you know, that that sound as your foot gets stuck in the mud 
and you would hear that happening as you're trying to lift your feet up and not get stuck in the mud. And if you weren't careful, there was a certain area of the field that if you hit it just at the right place and at a certain wetness, you were lucky if you were not almost knee-deep in the mud. And as it would happen this one year, one of us got stuck. And I can't remember after all these years whether it was myself or one of the kids or Darlene, but one of us got stuck. And the more they tried to struggle to get out of that mud, the more the boot sank. To at one point, they were, it was just about ready to go over to the top of the boot and start going down into their boot. And some of us were able to rescue them. We had some few folks with much longer arms, and they were able to reach out and grab that person. The only casualty was that as they were pulled out, there was this boot waving in the wind because it was still stuck in the mud. Now, we, we eventually did rescue the boot, but they were stuck there. There was no way they were getting out of there by themselves without being covered from head to toe in that mud but we were able to lift them out and take them over. We had a, a, one of those kind of uh, golf carty uh, uh, utility vehicles that we would run around the farm with that you could put a little trailer on the back end of it and do, do work. And so we put them in there, and there they are with their, stock, their socks sticking out nice and clean and, and bright white sock, and the rest of them is covered in mud. You know what? Many times in our lives, our miry bogs might be more than mud. We don't really have too many times where we're stepping in mud, but we certainly might step into financial troubles. Or maybe we step into relationship issues or work situations. Or maybe there's times that we lack a connection with God. And it's not because God's gone anywhere. It's because we've stepped away from God. You know what your own bog is. You know what you need to get out of. How do you react when you're in your bog? Maybe what we really need to do is practice as the psalmist wrote. You see, for even when the psalmist was in a bog, he took the time to rejoice. The psalmist wrote, the Lord inclined to me and heard my crying. The Lord drew me up from. Well, we don't know exactly what was going on in his life, but we could fill in many things after that word from. For God will remove us from our bogs if we allow God. Now, granted, we have a choice there. You know, it's that old joke about the guy that's on the, the roof. And God sends a boat to rescue them, and then God sends a motorboat to rescue them, and then God sends a speedboat to rescue them, and they get to heaven, and God, the guy goes, why didn't you save me, God? And God says, I sent you a rowboat, I sent you a motorboat, I sent you uh, three different ways I sent boats to rescue you, and you didn't get into them. They chose not to be rescued. We can choose to get mired in our bogs. But this psalmist acknowledges that, yes, I get into bogs in my life and praise the Lord who listens and hears me. The Lord continues to pull me out of them. And the psalmist rejoices. 
that God continues to be there to help when they're stuck. You should have seen us out in that field as we're trying to pull that one person out with their boot. We were laughing. We were howling in laughter, to, to, especially once we turned around and we saw that the boot was left behind. And we were rejoicing that they were free. But we had a good time over the rescue. God has a good time when God rescues us. Yes. I can imagine God up there saying, yes, another one saved. And giving a fist pump there. You know, I know when I do the prayers each Sunday, when it's my turn, and I get one of the green prayer pages, and someone has written a praise. Because it's not just a book of prayers for wants and needs. It's a book of prayers that will also lift up our praises to God. So it's always wonderful when you get to get that page and you kind of take a few seconds before you get up here to review it, and you get to see some praises. And it's like, yes, God is working in the people's lives. The people are allowing God to work in their lives. And they're rejoicing that God is working in their lives. And that's a wonderful thing. See, for when they're rejoicing, those are times when someone's been pulled out of some bog. And they are now rejoicing that God has done that for them. But we cannot overlook an important element to this passage. While the psalmist is rejoicing, the psalmist is also mindful that he is still going to get stuck in bogs in the future. And they acknowledges that, you know, I know I'm going to walk into a bog. I know I'm going to step my foot into something. And it's going to require God to help me get out. And then I acknowledge that right now because I don't always walk the right path. And that is what the psalmist is reminding us. We're human beings. There are times where we're just not going to get it right. We're going to go that way, and that way leads us to a bog. Something in our pathway But even though we're going to get there, we know that we have a resource. We have a God that is inclining their ear to us and will hear us in our distress. The psalmist even wrote that the God is mindful of him before he gets there. Could you imagine? Right now, God is sitting wherever God is, and God is thinking about you. And you, and you, and you. God is thinking about each and every one of us. We're on God's mind. Now, you all who have children probably get this better than those of us without children. Because your children are probably never off your mind. Mm. I'm 61 years old. My mother is 81 years old. You're still my little girl. I hear it every phone call. Are you okay, honey? Is everything good? You and Darlene doing all right? I was thinking about, many times I'll get a phone call. I was just thinking about you, so I thought I would call you and check on you. I'm on my mother's mind. Yes. Always. My brothers are always on my mother's mind. Because she's always thinking about how her boys are doing. 
We are all on God's mind. So not only do we have a God who inclines one's ear to us and hears us when we're in that bog, but that God is also thinking about us even before we get there, knows we're going to get there, and is prepared to get us out of the bog. Praise God. Praise the Lord yes. for, the, for the consistency of a God who takes care of us. For the psalmist wrote, the psalmist asked God for mercy. For God's steadfast love and God's faithfulness. Whose faithfulness? Not the, not the psalmist's faithfulness. But God's faithfulness keeps him safe. Yes. What a mighty word to claim. What some mighty things to claim here today, that we have a God that inclines an ear to hear us, is ever mindful of who we are and what we are and what we need in our lives, but also is faithful to keep us safe. Praise God. And I, I, the, the psalmist just speaks to so much to us in this short passage. The psalmist acknowledges that God is the one that delivers him from his miry box. He knows it's not his own doing. He knows he can't get himself out of the situations he puts him in. And God is ever-present to be there to help him out of those box. The psalmist recognizes... <coughs> That it's God that helps him from getting into the bogs, but once he gets there himself, it's God that pulls him out. The psalmist is aware that bad things are going to happen in his life. The evil one is about. His own sins and iniquities are going to impact his life, and it's going to happen over and over again. You know, as we leave 2019 and prepare to move into 2020 there are some of us who are going to take our bogs with us we're going to take those pits that we keep stumbling into in 2019 and we're going to also stumble in the same pits in 2020 and there are some of us who are going to find our brand new pits in 2020 but we like the psalmist, need to be mindful of these words that were shared with us today. May all who seek the Lord rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay. Oh, my God. No matter what's going on in your life, as you step into 220, into 2020, know that you have a God that is mindful of you and is there already in God's own faithfulness to be there for you in your times of need. Know that God will rejoice with, with you as God pulls you out of whatever bog you get into. In 2020 and in the years ahead, we have a God who in our times of waiting, as we wait for God to reply to our prayer, whether it is spoken or silent, 
know that God is faithful to already answer the prayers that you need, whether you're in a bog or not. God is there for you. Amen. Amen. Let us rise as we are able and join together in our hymn of response. <laughs>